Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its games, and they gave us a lot to watch today. Boy, howdy, didn't they? I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts, and we're going to just get them introduced as fast as possible so we can talk about what just happened. First up, she does everything on the show all the time. Uh, It's Ann Stickney. Ann, what have you been up to this week? As if I didn't know what the answer to that was going to be. Well, right now... um... I'm downloading it. Well, no, I'm not downloading. I have a download paused right now because we're recording a show <laughs> and I'm annoyed about that, but that's okay. Um, I, I've been actually leveling a Nightborn and having a lot of fun with it because um, I've mostly been going back to zones that I haven't played since, I don't know, Cataclysm? Because I never went to them. Because it was like, well, why should I go here? It's not going to give me any XP. The fastest way to get XP is to go to this zone, this zone, this zone, and then jump right into Burning Crusade, right? Yep. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So it's like, oh, I can just pick and go wherever the heck I want. So (laughs) that's what I've been doing is just finding the zones that I've only played through like maybe once or twice and never played through after that because it just wasn't particularly like convenient as far as getting XP goes um, I I forgot how much fun Thousand Needles is <laughs> I see I, I miss the old Thousand Needles but the I new do. Thousand Needles is pretty interesting I miss I miss the old Thousand Needles but the new one the new one has that cool storyline with Magatha Magatha I guess is how they want to pronounce that now um and then also you can start a bar fight between the goblins and the gnomes on the barge. And that's pretty fun. It, you can do it anytime too. You don't have to just do it for the quest. I mean, there's a quest to do it. But after you're done with the quest, he's like, yeah, you could go back in and do that anytime. And you can. <laughs> and it's great. There's no purpose to it. I just like making them punch each other. <laughs> a, a metaphor for the entire game right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also with us this week and he's around doing shadowy priest things for us and generally writing and editing and being amazing uh here's mitch mitch what have you been up to this week good golly howdy a whole lot bud 
Could you but, maybe tell us about one of it? One of one of yes. Um, actually, not a whole lot, but you know, there's a lot of news, and you said the good golly thing, and I got excited. Um, Animal Crossing, yeah, uh, been doing okay, that again. If you're gonna talk about that, I'm skipping you. Not we're not, not gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna say that's what I've been doing. I've been getting uh, gothic stuff, Mitch, but also I, lots I need, of my Ev. Mitch, I need diamond butterflies, and you should deliver those unto my garden because I... I've been dropping them in yours every time. Okay, that's all I'm gonna yes. say about that. Yes. I will. I will do that. Um, Before this becomes the Animal Crossing show, <laughs> let's just move straight. I'm into sorry, the not fact butterflies. We, my, bats. My Ev, bats. Yeah, they're they're bats. It was okay. Battle for Azeroth <laughs> Alpha is out right now. Uh, people it's are already streaming it. Things. Yeah, I know. Uh, we will get back to things you've been doing. I promise. I promise you this, Mitch. Yeah, we're because we want you Battle. to talk about that one in detail. So, okay. Battle for Azeroth is out. The uh, the alpha is out right now. There are two zones open. People are already getting it downloaded. I do not because we're doing a podcast, but I am looking forward to doing so. That's the big news, which the alpha being out now, it's it's early February. The alpha being out now does put us on track for a possible like a good middle summer release here, guys. If we get four months of alpha slash beta, that's not it's not beyond the realm of possibility we will see this game in June slash July. Uh, I still think that's optimistic, but I'm putting it out there because I want to be well, optimistic. I know, for I know pre-orders were saying on or before September 21st, and um, yeah. I think Alpha being out right now is that will be hit. Whatever. You oh know, yeah, that will that's be hit. I don't think it's going to be any later than that. So yeah, yeah, it's out now. So yay! There's lots to talk about. Um, one of the things I actually wanted to ask you guys is straight up. Uh, how do you feel about the alpha being out? What does it make you f- like? What do you want to do first when you get on? What are you thinking about here? Uh, let's go with Mitch first because I interrupted him during four. Uh, when it comes to like alpha and betas and all that stuff, I always explore and I, I try to <laughs> don't don't listen to this part, Blizzard. I try to go where I'm not supposed to go and just I, I like to see the unfinished stuff. Because it's just, it's so, it's like, I don't know, did you ever go inside of a house as it was being built and you, like, got to see, like, you know, careful going upstairs because there's no wall there, but you can, that, like, look down in the living that's, room. That's and... my home. Like, every, you've been to my house, Mitch. Yeah. Every, every wall in this house was built when we moved in. Like, we built it yeah. ourselves. And it, it's kind of <laughs> like that when you're going into a home as it's built and you get to see everything. So, I love the exploring. Um, you know, that that's the first thing I do, to be honest. Just like and? things. What about you? Colteris. I'm going to Colteris. Like as soon as we're done with the show here, I'm going to resume downloading and then I'm going to go to Colteris because I'm sorry. I've been waiting for Colteris since okay. Um when was it Cataclysm? Yeah, Cataclysm. When Cataclysm came out and they introduced Tolbarad, I was really excited because I thought that that meant that Colteris was like on the horizon and Outside of Gilneas, Colteris was the only other nation that I, we, we haven't seen at all. And I really wanted to see because that's where Jaina's roots are at. Um, we haven't, we've, we've never explored there before. We've never done anything there before. And there was like that one tiny, oh, you know, the insignificant little plot thread that was left in Warcraft 3 where Jaina killed her dad. <laughs> Well, and it was I like, what happened? That. What happened back on the island? We never found out. I always wanted to know. I always wanted to know. And when I was doing, I remember playing in vanilla. And um, there was that one area that had like the Colteran Marines. The one that's right near Orgrimmar? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I always, 
I was always kind of hopeful that that meant that it would show up at some point, and then it never did. So when they announced it in Battle for Azeroth, I was really excited about it, and now I'm in Alpha. I got to go see this place. (laughs) I I, I, got to go check it out. I do want to see Zandalar too, don't get me wrong, because Zandalar is another one of those big points, but Zandalar... Zandalar is a World of Warcraft thing. Um, they started talking about that and everything. It was back in vanilla, though. Like I remember when when uh, ZG first came out, and yeah, you actually got oh, to the, the hero. Yeah, of the Zandalari trolls. I've got the hero of the Zandalar achievement. I'm sure you probably do. I too. was gonna say I have yep. the achievement, and and I'm wondering if that will at all affect like Zandalar achievement. <laughs> like, it's not. I know it's not going to, but. I, I, I did that whole rep thing in CG. Like, I maxed yeah. that out on, like, several characters. It wasn't just my rogue. It was several characters that I maxed that out on, so... It would be nice if they at least commented on it. Give like me some she, kind of acknowledgement. They were like, ah, oh, it's the hero of the Zandalar or something. Yeah, because they never know. did in Mr. Pandaria, and I understood it in Mr. Pandaria because they weren't really happy with me, but, I mean, if these guys are going to be my allies, then wouldn't the fact that I already went through that grind once, wouldn't that get me, like, brownie points, bonus points, you know something what? like that? I... Blizzard, are you listening? <laughs> I can totally see them doing this. Earlier unlock for anyone with the hero of the Zandalar achievement. Yep. Just, you I know, don't see that. <laughs> you know, like... No, nope, uh... nope, you don't. No, I don't. I'm not saying that they have to unlock anything early or anything, but like if there was just you know a bonus, like maybe we started out like, at friendly with them or something. No. All I would expect, the only thing I would expect them to do, but it's the thing I would like them to do, is the same thing they did. If you went to, uh, there was that place in uh, Northrend where if you go there, they comment. Oh, in Dragonblight. Yeah, uh, you have an achievement. They comment on it. Yeah, if I you go to was... Dragonblight, it, it's uh, Bolvar. He mentions he, he if you if you killed Anixia, if you like helped with the initial Anixia unveiling thing, and you go to Dragonblight, Bolvar will say he he will mention that he remembers you, and he remembers that time that you unveiled the dragon in the throne room and all of does, that. Does he yeah, that's the you only thing. In the mountain? Huh? Yeah. No, he in does not. No, he does That's not. the only thing I would expect them to do. And the only thing I really even would want them to do is to just throw in a little, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, nothing big. But, but yeah. what I'm going to do when I get um, is basically go look at every possible model I can get to to look at because I'm really curious about which ones I can then spend the next year of my life fantasizing about becoming allied races. Um, right <laughs> now, my, my, my leader is the Fox people. Because the fox people, the Volpira, yeah, the Volpira, they are the coolest. Or no, thing. the Volperin, Volperin, Vol- Volpera, Volpera, Volpera. I don't Volpera. know. It's the Volp. I don't know. They're fo- They're itty bitty little cute fox the, people the with big ears in there. Yeah. What they <laughs> said, Volpix. That's a no, that's not it. <laughs> that's a. But they have. They, they basically look really awesome in plate, and they do cool two-handed sword smashes. And right now just in the files this is not they are not playable they are not an allied race but in the files they have pc classes uh this is something that blizzard does from time to time just to make a, a, it easier for them to create customizable npcs and the the volpera have this and one of the the races one of the classes they can be is paladins and i love this with every fiber of my I being have, i have Little a question Fox for you paladin is just cool Yes. One, well, two questions, I guess. One, what if they become playable? What side do you think they're going to? And two, if they go to horde, would you still play one? 
I'm already playing a high mountain, so yeah, I'll play. Okay, I would just you know I know you're you know not the biggest horde fan. What, I wasn't sure. The ones I'm not gonna play it. are the, uh, the I'm gonna play, I'm never gonna play Nightborn. That's not happening. I will never play Nightborn. But yeah, I, I'll play High Mountain and I'll play Zandalar. I think they're awesome. Um, in terms of if they went horde, yeah, I'd probably play one. Uh, the thing okay. is, is that if they go horde, that means I will never do anything end game with them. I will get them to max level and I'll stop. That's fair. I just you just. Know. But yeah, I, I level horde characters all the time. I have two torns at one ten right now. I've got a regular flavor torn and a. Uh, yeah, that's right. You like the torn a lot. Yeah, I think torn are awesome. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll do is I'll go and look at like one of the things I absolutely want to look at is those trolls because they have what I call the goth trolls because they're completely <laughs> bone white. They have this bone white makeup on. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, they look. I think they're the blood trolls, and they look super scary, and and I want to see them. But oh, I think those are the bad guys in the. Oh yeah, I think and so. they're also they're a, a matriarchal society. Yeah, that's also awesome. Uh, the trolls in general, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing that storyline. That's one of the reasons I might go do the the, the troll side first. Volpera, it's Volpera. I looked it up. <laughs> okay. That's what but, I've been uh, doing while I've been quiet here. Is I've been looking it up to make sure that we have the right name because yes, we can. The fox people, yeah. The fox people, they're Volpera. Anyway, they uh, are adorable. We'll... Have you seen their sleeping animation? Because that's yes. what pretty much sold me. Tail to tail curl, yeah. They curl up in a little ball with their little toes. Okay. Anyway, I gotta be honest. They look like my dog, like to a frightening amount. My dog has the same big ears, and my dog does the same thing when she lies down. So it would be like like playing my dog. And quite frankly, I I'm simultaneously thrilled about this idea, and I don't want my dog to get hurt. So I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I don't want to actually play her because she'll get hurt. But yeah, I. I, I want to go on more about this. There's a lot more to talk about, but there's also other stories to talk about. We should at least talk about the fact that this week in Heroes of the Storm, uh, Maiev is out. And I yeah. think that's what Mitch was going to talk about. So let's throw that over to Mitch so he can talk about Maiev. Maiev is so much fun. Um, yeah, she's in Heroes of the Storm. She's an assassin. She has a lot of, like, she's squishy, you know, like most assassins. And she's also pretty high skill cap, I, I'd say. Um you can do damage with her, you know, without being super great at her. But the difference between like low level and high level play with her, I think, is going to be pretty pretty big. Um, she is just insane in team fights. If if you can get her um, her Q, which is like the span of knives, but it's in like a crescent moon shape. If you can get it to hit at least two heroes, the cooldown basically resets. It's to like 0.5 seconds, but that's essentially resetting. Um, and if you do that then it like she could just spam it over and over and over and it just tears through them and it's awesome and she also has you know the the tethers and the movement abilities and i've just been kind of tearing through people and i think i'm i'm starting to get dangerously reliant on her trait which is the vault of the wardens where she uh leaps into the air and dodges everything because i have had a lot of fun chasing down an enemy and where they would normally go into the range of a cannon or a tower, you chase down the enemy, you shoot your, uh, the little, the blinky, can't remember what the name is, but you send like a spirit person out and then you can blink to it. You send that in the opposite direction, chase the person down, do the, uh, the trait in the air to dodge the cannon fire. And then you teleport to your shadow that was behind you. So she has a lot of fun. Like I am really enjoying her. And, uh, it sounds like a combination of a lot of mobility and just able, the ability to chase down, annoying heroes like i don't know genji and tracer yes exactly. <laughs> she, she is well, she has the ability to lock people back to her too though right the tether 
that, that yeah, and that's the back. thing. She yeah. can she can chase them down because her spirit moves faster than you would uh, walking. So, like, if you're chasing someone down, shoot spirit forward, then link to it, and you can usually catch up with someone unless unless they're on a mount. Maybe even if they're on a mount, um, and then from that point, you tether them, and they get pulled back to you and stunned for a quick second, and then link is pretty close to being off cooldown by that. So. Yeah, I've I've been playing her. I mean, she only came out yesterday, so like you know, I haven't you know, I I think she's like level five for me, which is still a decent amount. So she's a ton. And of didn't fun. they? I want to say, didn't they nerf her kind of right out the gate? Well, they didn't nerf her right out the gate, but didn't they? they when they, her passive armor was reduced to ten instead of fifteen. Yeah, her her passive armor was reduced. The uh, the armor mechanics in the game. Um, can actually make a pretty big difference because it's you know how much damage absorbed or uh, how much more damage you take if you have more armor so that was essentially she i'm pretty sure it's like five percent more physical damage in that case than she was on the btr but she's still she is really strong and if you are able to um like i said get in a team fight you can do some serious damage i had a really cool play yesterday where we went to steal a boss and it was uh, a 4v5 five on their side and I was so low on health. I should have died. Uther cast invulnerability on me. Um, when that wore off, I did the dodge thing to dodge damage. And, you know, because we were fighting for the boss, we were all stacked on the same point. Um, and then right as I was about to die again, ETC cast Mosh Pit. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there spamming the, um, the, the fan of knives. Yeah, the fan of knives because it's, you know, resetting and they're all close together. And God, it was just, it was so cool. And using her dodge at the right moment just feels really good too. Okay, um, I do want to ask about lunar the lunar festival because that's coming out like this week as well, right? Um, in Hots or Overwatch? In Heroes Hots, of the Storm. Was... Yes, that is that's out this week. They have uh, it's it's the same kind of thing they usually do, where it's like play two games, you get this. Play three or four games, get this. Play five, play eight, so on and so forth. Um, but they also added. New Lunar Festival skins for Kael'thas and Sylvanas. I, oh, and Zul'jin, because Zul'jin wasn't around last year, I don't think. Maybe he was. I thought um, he was, but okay. I don't think he had a skin last year, because there's no, Jaina, uh, Lily, Chen. No, there's a decent amount of Lunar skins, and apparently I had like none of them. But the Kael'thas and Sylvanas ones are brand new, and then there's also the Quillen, Killen. Elin mounts the Quillen. the dogs the dogs from Pandaria. Yeah. They have those, except they're even more dog like and they have big big puppy eye kinda they they look really cute, is what I'm trying to get at. Um and then starting tomorrow, I believe, the uh their event is like a Mario Kart of essentially. Like the brawl is like you're all on race carts and you're moving around and I I really wish it had already started, but they reset on Thursdays. So I'm excited to check that out because Mario Kart in Heroes. What yes. Could, or what could be more fun and more frustrating? Not Mario Kart. Rock and Roll Racing. Oh. It's, it's a Blizzard property. <laughs> okay. okay. My bad, Anne. No, it's Mario right, Kart. Well, anyway, it's Mario Kart. Before, before we go any further, though, let's uh, throw it over to Anne so she can do something for us. Yeah, um, actually, you guys, the other big thing that happened this weekend, well, it wasn't a big thing that happened this weekend. It was a quiet thing that happened this weekend. Blizzard Watch celebrated its third anniversary. We've been around for three years. Oh, my gosh. So um, in order to kind of commemorate the occasion and also to give you guys something cool along with it, uh, we've actually had Noxie Chu design us a third-year anniversary shirt, 
and those t-shirts are for sale right now on teespring.com. Um, you can go to teespring.com slash bw dash year dash three and that's the number three um and that'll take you to the t-shirts it's a really cool rework of the blue phoenix design the tail does this kind of cool swooping thing that looks like the number three it's very subtle but very elegant and i love it a lot it's available in both men's sizes and women's sizes and there's a couple of different colors to choose from they are available for a limited time only though i think it's like till the end of the month the 24th or something like that so if you want to get your hands on one Go ahead and order it. You can order it again. That's teespring.com slash bw dash year dash three. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ian. Uh, I just want to say I have the previous two shirts and I'm going to get the new one because oh, Noxie's yeah, shirts look really cool. And so. I also, also want to add too, on top of that, just, just to add as like uh, a, a, an end note to that, I wanted to thank everybody who's been supporting blizzard watch since day one and everybody that's supporting blizzard watch as of right now we really appreciate you guys reading and enjoying what we do and allowing us to continue doing what we do so there is yeah. that thanks guys. thank you guys mm-hmm. yes, thank you very much. all right uh we should probably now talk more about the alpha and about battle for azeroth in general because last week we got the first four before of the we, before we jump oh, into you, that before we jump into that can we jump into the overwatch thing okay sure yeah go um, because I know once we start talking about Battle for Azeroth, we're not going to stop. So. <laughs> yeah. Last night, there was a new developer update that came out, and Jeff from the Overwatch team, Kaplan, um, showed up to fill us in on the new stuff that's going on for Year of the Dog. Um, obviously, that's this year's Lunar New Year event. There's a couple of new things. Obviously, there's going to be new skins. I believe he said there were six new legendary skins that were coming to the game, including one for Genji and one for Mercy. And I believe there's one for Widowmaker, if the header image for the uh, developer update video is any indication. It's very pretty. Um, More importantly, though, there is a brand new map being added to the game specifically for this event. It's the first map that they've designed for Capture the Flag, which... Originally, it was something that they introduced last year with Year of the Rooster, but this year they're actually doing a competitive Capture the Flag season. Um, It's a mini-season, four weeks. The Lunar New Year event is actually going to last for four weeks this year so that people have more time to participate and play. Uh, There were some complaints last year that people were, you know, they were traveling, they were doing other things. They just, they didn't get a chance to actually sit down and play the Year of the Rooster stuff and they felt like they missed out on it. So they're extending the length of the event this time around. So the new map, I'm laughing about this too. Um, It's set in Thailand. Um, the name of it, and I'm going to mangle this completely, it's called Ayatthaya, um, and I probably pronounced that wrong, and if there are any people that speak that language and are now laughing at me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Sounded I mean, good to me. I need to go... someone who would probably say it worse. <laughs> yeah, I need to go look it up on, um, because it's it's actually a temple in Thailand. It's a real world location and I love it when they do stuff like this. Um, oh. So, oh. yeah, the way that the... <laughs> if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's really, really pretty. So, uh, the way that the map works, one half of the map is like this ancient temple, which obviously is the actual in-game location, or real world location is, is this big temple. And then the other side is all modernized and everything. And it it's a capture the flag map. Um, the cool thing about this, though, is that they are changing things up a little bit with capture the flag. Last year, there was a lot of complaints about draws 
where matches would just end in a draw because the, it just ended in a draw, and that's kind of anticlimactic. So they changed it this time around and added a sudden death mechanic. Um, if a game, like, time runs out and both teams are at a tie, both of the team flags will move closer to the center of the map, and then play will resume. So it kind of, like it forces people to like run for the flag and try and cap it first um, <laughs> do, and make it a lot know, more exciting. Do we know if the maps from last year are also returning or is it like just going to be he the ones built say. for it? Yeah, he didn't okay. say. So um, I'm not sure exactly, uh, but that was specific to Year of the Rooster last year. So I'm assuming that it's just going to be this map this year. But again, he didn't okay. really specify. He was mostly talking about the new information and stuff. Uh, the other gotcha. thing that's being added, and I thought that this was really interesting, and I actually really appreciate what they're doing here. Um, they're doing some new flag pickup rules. And for anybody who's played Warsong Gulch or uh, any of the games, any of the battlegrounds in World of Warcraft that are capture the flag oriented, uh, you'll recognize what's going on here. Certain hero abilities, um, invulnerabilities or speed enhancements, like major speed enhancements, they will now cause the hero to drop the flag when they're used. And it's kind of like the same thing that happens in Warsong Gulch, where if you use, like, if a palade pops a bubble, then he'll drop the flag. He'll just auto drop the flag. That's being introduced into Overwatch. And I'm curious how the speed mechanics will work because you can use like rogue sprint and stuff in uh, War Song. So they're talking that about one, stuff like uh, they're talking about stuff like uh, the example that he gave. The specific example that he gave was like Winston's jump back that okay, sends him okay. way the heck out of the yeah anything yeah that, anything okay, that's that like sense. yeah so um, anything that sends you like way out of the realm of oh we can't get to you we can't get to the flag there's nothing we can do here. That's I think that's the kind of boost that they're looking at here. That, okay. that drops do you, do you the flag. Think gonna, do you think they're gonna do that with Doomfist's jump attack thing? Because he could theoretically use that to get away. Oh, I'm, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. It's so and and maybe even Ferris flight. I don't know because uh, limited number of people could take to the skies like that. So I I don't know. We're gonna yeah, have to see how it works like in play. Slowpoke is mentioning in chat with Tracer's blink count, Hanzo Genji wall climb. Yeah, the, that's the thing. Like. The the game is built around you know what heroes have what types of movement like that yeah. was the whole thing when it first came out is we don't want sprint for everyone because we want movement to matter and we're um, not sure we're not sure how yeah. much um, but again this is only for the capture the flag map this is not for like you know regular gameplay or anything like that they're not really nerfing gameplay it's just in the context of the capture the, capture the flag yeah. maps they want to make it more fair for everyone and they also want to keep the games exciting and interesting so i kind of appreciate that they're doing this because it's no fun when you go into capture the flag and you've got somebody who's got like i don't know an invulnerability thing like they can pop a bubble or whatever and then just run and cap it's like well that's no I, fun everybody's gonna pick that hero you know last year i was like really excited when they announced capture the flag and i didn't yeah. get a chance to play it right away but i just remember everyone's reactions were like oh this is not as good as I thought. Like this isn't working well. So I'm I'm glad that they're changing it up, and I'm really, really yeah. hoping it it works well. They uh, basically the... they took a lot of feedback from last year. Is what they did. Yeah. They took a lot of the feedback from last year, looked at it, and said, okay, how can we re rework this so it's like fun and interesting? And particularly with the pickup rules, again, like I said, it reminds me of the rules that you run into when you play Warsong Gulch or something like that. Um, Do and we... I think that'll help. I think that'll help. Do we know, I mean, I know you said there's a competitive season, but competitive in the sense that it's rewarding competitive points like Lucio Balls did? Um, I don't Lucio know Ball if it's... I don't know if it's 
rewarding competitive points like Lucio Ball did. I do know that there are special rewards involved. He mentioned that if you place in the players that place in the top 500, they'll get a special spray and a special player icon. And then players d- that place at all during the competitive season, they'll get the special spray. So okay. I don't know about competitive points because, again, he didn't mention that in the developer update. But the good news is all of this comes out on February 8th, which is tomorrow. So or yesterday, depending, depending on, on when you're listening to this. <laughs> but we will know very, very soon and have answers yeah. to all those questions. I'm just glad that they decided to revamp this event for the new year. Um, and I like yeah. the fact that they're it, it, they're not just rerunning the same thing; they're actually updating it to keep it interesting and fresh and new. So that's my thing. <laughs> I'm really oh, happy I, that they're I doing agree. that. Like with Lucio Ball, they I. I think competitive was the only thing that really changed. Oh, they changed his ultimate, I think. But it, it doesn't sound like, uh, or this sounds like a bigger change than the one they made for Lucio Fall, which is yeah. Awesome. This is just a this is just a four week event, so it runs for four weeks starting starting on the eighth of February. Um, the other thing that I'm curious about, and it wasn't mentioned or anything, the year of the rooster skins that you could get last year, you can't purchase those because you need year of the rooster, right? Uh, that I I don't think they would do that. They have the um, little rooster been, icon next next to them, so I'm wondering if they'll make them purchasable. I'm I'm pretty sure they will because they've been doing that for all of the Lunar other New events. Year. Yeah, like the the Halloween of, or Junkenstein's Revenge event this year, you could buy the old ones and they were cheaper cost. Right. Same thing with the summer skins. Uh, yeah, and the Christmas one. Holiday the only one, sorry. the only reason I had a question about that is because there's a rooster icon next to them because it was yeah. the year of the rooster. So I'm like, well, if it's year of the dog, does that mean we can't get the rooster? Because that'd be a really long wait for those skins. Otherwise, I I don't think they would do that. <laughs> if they, if, uh, if they do, it's, I'm hoping an accident and they'll fix it right away because Reddit will light up. Um, but I don't think they would do that. Yeah. Reddit would light up almost immediately. On <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, there's skins that I'm missing, and I I got a few, but but yeah. So that starts tomorrow, February 8th, and it runs for four weeks. And I'm really excited to see what this new map is. The funny thing is, we were just mentioning, it was like a month ago, it was pretty much a month ago, we were talking about what potential new maps we'd like to see in Overwatch. And one of the ones that I mentioned, I was like, I want to see something in like Burma or India or like Thailand. And now we have a Thailand map. So thanks, Blizzard, for filling that out that requirement for me. Now, can we get the Iceland one? That was the other, the Iceland one. I wanted Iceland or someplace with Northern Lights. <laughs> can we do that next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have an idea. Do it, in, do it in Edmonton. Yeah, well, I was... We get I, the Northern Lights. When I suggested it, when I brought it up, I was like, I want to see, see a map in either Canada or like Iceland. Some place that has the Northern Lights because I think that would be really pretty and make for a really cool looking map, just visually speaking. Um, so yeah, can we get on that? Because that'd be cool. And you let's can fight see. off all the Yeti. Let's go to Canada and um, we we can meet Pharaoh's dad, make him a hero. That'd be great. Oh yeah, let's do that, there. <laughs> stop. Hey. Just hey. immediately, poor, just stop. Poor Mitch, Mitch does no. anymore. Justice streams from above, y'all. Uh, while he's doing that, y'all. We don't y'all, say y'all. That, I. I say y'all, but I'm Don't from worry about Colorado, it. so... Just, just, pretend, anyway. just pretend that that's what Canadians say. <laughs> no, I will not. Um, so, Battle for Azeroth Alpha, and I mean, I'm kind of choking here, because it's like so much stuff to think talk about that I my brain locks up. Um, but one of the things I will talk about is that we now know the, the Dark Iron Dwarf Racials, 
and the Zandalari racials. We we know what they're going to be. Tentatively, tentatively, they haven't been released yet. So they this can is all data mine material that we're talking about. Yeah. But with the alpha now out, um, one of the things that that we're going to get to start seeing is stuff like dungeons. There's two dungeons currently playable. Um, there's two starting zones currently playable: um, Drustvar on 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 Kul'Taris and Nazmir on Zandalar. So that's pretty exciting. I I'm kind of. You were talking before about how Col- you've been waiting for Kul'Taris this long. It's just the idea of these two places that have like you know Kul'Taris has been around since Warcraft two. Um, Zandalar started really f- being mentioned in Classic WoW, so we're talking a long time for both of them. I I just. Yeah, I'm I'm running out. My my brain is jamming up on words. Either of you have anything you want to talk about? I'm right so right? glad that we're finally getting to go there. Um, I I think it's it should be we should mention and reiterate that the Dark Iron stuff and the Zandalar stuff, both of those, it, it's data mine material, so it may or may not actually make it to live servers. And everything that we say about Alpha should be couched in that. Just because it's on Alpha doesn't mean it's going to be in the regular game. Um, the Dark Iron Dwarves, though, their racials, they're um interesting to say the least uh they've got dungeon delver while they're indoors they move four percent faster which is weird but kind of cool um fireblood and fireblood is cool because it sounds like an amped up stone form uh it removes all poison disease curse magic and bleed effects and increases your primary stat by 100 for each effect removed Whoa, how, for how long? Yeah. Eight seconds. Eight seconds. Eight seconds. Wow. But eight seconds is a long time, right? Yeah. Um, Forged in Flames reduces damage taken from phys- physical attacks by 1%. They have Mole Machine. Mole Machine says that while you're outdoors, you can summon a Mole Machine that tunnels through the earth. Where it goes, we do not know. Is it another Hearthstone? I don't know. Does it go to... I mean, does the it... Grim Guzzler? Does it go to the Grim Guzzler? Uh, that'd be cool, but it kind of make the remote from dire brew a little bit irrelevant irrelevant, irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, plus Jeez, i, mean, I can't talk today think about that if if it went just to the grim guzzler in black rock depths that's the least convenient thing it could possibly do <laughs> i know it's like now yeah, i have to run get, now don't get out. me wrong if you get stunned on your way out you can always use the other racial don't get me wrong, I do appreciate a good Grim Guzzler excursion, and I use that remote on my rogue all the time. Why? Because it's the easiest way to get to the Eastern Kingdoms from Kalimdor. <laughs> and it plops you out, like, right by Stormwind, so it's like, oh, I need to go infiltrate Stormwind. Where's my remote? <laughs> Let me get out of here. Uh, the other thing that... Uh, the the, or the last racial ability is mass production. It says that items crafted by blacksmithing are created twice as quickly. I don't understand that. Does that mean like the cast time to create it? Yeah. yeah. So you know when you get up? like those uh, the mining um, what you calls it the mining pick or like the herbalism gloves. Right. It sounds like that to me. From that sounds kind of it. eh. Yeah, my re- my reaction to that was yeah. if unless you're a dedicated blacksmith and you're going to be cranking out stuff, this is like not that big a deal. How often are you building something and it's that big a problem that it took a while to make? I thought it meant maybe like what went on with the different ranks of recipes that you earned in Legion, like when you earned like the two star or the three star version of a recipe, it took less materials to make. I. I take it as it just makes stuff faster. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're revamping professions in a way that we don't know yet, where that actually is not the case. Um, 
Or the... maybe it's just one of those things where they were like, hey, again, other this is alpha. Get... So. Yeah, because I mean, you get like what plus ten inscription for being a nightborn or something. So like they they do profession so. stuff that you might not necessarily do. So I, I picked up inscription with my nightborn, not because I'm really a fan of inscription, but because of that bonus. So I figured, oh well, it's a profession, <laughs> and I'm hoping that maybe they do something more interesting with it in Battle for Azeroth. <laughs> like yeah, give it life like, again. It, That'd be great. It is right now. It's not a terribly compelling racial. <laughs> no. But it's okay because my other, my other thing is uh, herbalism, so that I can pick flowers to make ink for said inscription stuff, and I can also take the extra flowers and sell them on the auction house for a lot of gold. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I picked so, it up yeah. on my alt, and you you can't mill like the milling is still stuck with the the low level zone herbs. So like, yes. you can herb anywhere and get XP, but uh, my inscription. You can only mill, like, five at a time for the low-level stuff, and it's very annoying. Well, it's not annoying. It's just... But you also have to have the low-level herbs to mill, even though you can pick herbs wherever you go. Yeah, and then the Zandalar... The Zandalar racials, did we find those, Rossi? Uh, Were those dug up? We knew the names of them. I don't know if we actually know, as of right now, what they are. What they do? Um, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's very possible somebody on the Alpha has figured it out. Okay. As of the last time I checked, we know the names, but nothing else. Okay. All right. I was asking are... about it, because we, we did have the abilities for the dwarves, so I wasn't sure. The names are City of Gold, Embrace the Loa, Pterodact Swoop, Regenerating, with a N at the end instead of a G, and Ward of <laughs> the Ten. Yeah, Ward of the Loa. We don't know what they do. We we don't know. That's all we know. Do right they regenerate now. five health per second? <laughs> I'm hoping that their regeneration is at least a little cooler than, than the troll <laughs> I'm just regeneration. To like everybody was like, trolls are so OP because they regenerate health at five health per second. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's not a return to the classic regeneration, <laughs> which was pretty lame. But uh, Are you kidding? It was the most OP so. racial they had, Rossi. <laughs> yeah, I know. They had to think where they could throw axes really well. Yeah. Forget Berserk, all those other ones were way better. The axe thing was actually pretty cool. I remember that. It was. There was like but, an extra yeah. axe that you could throw, even if you weren't like a class that could throw things, if I remember right. Wasn't it? I want to say that uh, it was. Was there? I'd never... I think your first, the very first time, the iteration, the first iteration, back in classic, that was the case. I, I only played a troll in classic for like five minutes, and then I realized that they wouldn't stand up straight except when they were like (laughs) they, they'd kneel down and do the stand up straight stretch, and then they'd they'd, stretch and roll their shoulders, stand up tall. And it was like, why can't you stand up like that all the time? I mean, I mostly made a troll when uh, the servers were down and my raid team was like, let's go to this server. It's up. Let's do stuff. Oh. Yeah. See, we'd do gnomes. My guild would do gnomes because we were horde. So. Well, we did. Let's go roll alliance characters. Everybody make a gnome with pink pigtails. Yes. And then we go do things. (laughs) We we should also mention that they have, in addition to like the 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 ones that are not playable, they data mine dark iron dwarves and uh, zandalari trolls classes. The classes they can play. It should be noted that there's some weird holes uh, in the dark iron dwarves because Ian Hazakosta said that they'll be they'll have paladins, which lore wise is like what those guys. It's just weird. I, I find he, it really weird. I mean, I understand why, because dwarves have paladins, so it'd be weird to have dwarves that weren't paladins 
No, they I... didn't give the High Mountain Paladins. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And, so and... was it not data mined then? Is that what you're saying? I would say right now in the data mining, what you can play as a Dark Iron Dwarf is a Death Knight, Hunter, Mage, Monk, Warlock, and Warrior. They do not have Paladins in the data mining, although Ian said it. People have also pointed out that they don't get Priests... And they think that's a little weird because Moira can be is a priest, but I will point out Moira, Moira was a bronze is beard. not. Yeah, Moira is a bronze beard, not a dark iron. I mean, I know she she leads the dark irons, and her son is the leader of the dark irons. She is not actually a dark iron herself, so it's not. I was going to say what was Mod good, and then I'm like, no, wait, she was a warlock. Okay. Yeah, Mod I mean was a warlock. the whole class restriction thing. Like, if you can be a void elf holy priest and a light forged shadow priest, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever happens, yeah. happens. I don't, you know, I, I would be fine with them having priests. I'm just saying they have, they do not as of this right now, as of this day. And it makes sense though, because like I said, you know, there are low restrictions to everything. The dark iron were isolated and it wasn't like they were really studying the holy light at all. Um, It's the same reason why Lightforged Renai, you'll notice if you go to roll one of those, you can't be a shaman on a Lightforged Renai. And that's because shamanism was something that the Renai learned like, on Draenor after it shattered into Outland, it was that whole thing. Read Unbroken by Mickey Nielsen. It's very, very good. <laughs> and it explains all of this stuff, how they came to be. Um, the Lightforge weren't part of that whole bit yeah. of history, so they just didn't learn. And it makes sense. That makes sense. Um, if they have some kind of like valid lore reason to bring in dwarf paladins, like Dark Iron Paladins, like if they want to bring that in and mention it and give it a cool piece of lore yeah i'm all for it give it a cool piece of lore because we don't know much about the dark iron yeah we should also mention the zandalari trolls because they get their their race their uh, classes of data mine too they got druids hunters mages priests rogues shamans and warriors um this also is shaman. there's an interesting point shaman yeah. there's no S on point. That. Shaman. it's just shaman no just not shamans. mitch i am could... going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> Through the internet, I'm other. doing it right now. <laughs> Concentrating, force choke. Anyway, all right. But they get those. Um, it should be pointed out. One person made a comment on Twitter that I noticed. As of right now, no alliance allied race can be a shaman, huh. and that's kind of people are upset. I'm. I don't. I mean, doesn't bother me because I'm. If I'm going to play a shaman, I'm going to play. You know what? A, a Draenei, not a Lake well, Forge Draenei. The other thing to make but, note of here, though, is that these six that have been introduced and given to us and the ones that we are currently either playing or digging up all the information for right now, these are the first six, and they did say this at BlizzCon. They did say that they were planning on adding more allied races later on over the course of the expansion. So just because you don't see a particular class with a particular allied race right now, or if the classes look like they're kind of lopsided or whatever keep in mind that more will be coming in the future so yeah but lore wise though it would make sense to a certain degree for dark irons to have shaman no it doesn't because that's a wild hammer thing except that the dark irons were working for ragnaros for that's, a while yeah someone just pointed that out in oh chat. the dark iron yeah. were yeah okay they were yeah. there's so, no s on that either rossi <laughs> ragnaros the dark iron dark iron were doing all it's this the well, dark it's... iron clan it's the dark yeah, iron dwarves when you're talking about them as a people they're the dark iron no I'm they're sorry, the dark I'm iron <laughs> We can argue about this later. I'm pretty sure Moira says the Dark Iron will rule or something. Yeah. Though, which yes, I'm, t- I'm totally taking authoritative damage. Yeah. But it's basically a fact. I just hate 
S's added to things that they shouldn't be added to. I'm sorry. It's my editor brain. It's out in full force today. So let's move on. <laughs> but you know, those are the, the classes we have for them at the, right now. Uh, we do think that these are possibly incomplete. And at any rate, they are always subject to change. But that's that's what we're looking at right now. Um, in terms of both the, the Zandalar and the Dark Iron, see, I did it for you, um, are, are, we don't know quite yet what the unlock process will be. But we'll get a chance to start working on it as the alpha goes through. Um, that's something I'm I'm really curious as to how the Dark Iron are involved in Colteris. That's something I'm I'm like, are there Dark Iron there? Are we going to be like working with them? That's like, what's my going big on? thing. That's like my big thing right now is I know how the Xandalar are involved. It makes sense. They're one of the two big factions in Battle for Azeroth that we're dealing with on these islands. Where are the Dark Iron coming from? Like, where well, where's that come from? I mean, I, I don't... I can't remember what was said Alliance side, but I know Horde side, Sylvanas was basically like, we need all the help we can get. Go reach out to, you know, some race that will side with us. So, you know, and, and some things did happen... To, chronologically where you know if you play the nightborn unlock the um the void elf unlock technically follows that so i could totally see them doing something where like the horde recruits the zandalar and then the alliance responds by hey don't we have allies somewhere oh yeah those you know over in the mountain and stuff or something like that i mean the whole point of allied races basically wise is we need to boost our ranks yeah i'm basically hoping that what we see here is we see more story with moira um because She's she's the connection here. She she is the obvious alliance connection here. She's head of the Dark Iron, or well, she was. So I'm hoping that we get more story out of her and maybe see what her kid is up to. Like, how old is that kid? <laughs> Who's her kid? Huh? Dagon Dagon to Thoris on the second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and he's like Bronzebeard and Dark Iron together in one united leads both clans supposed to inherit the throne whatever um i want to see more about him i i would like to see more about him um they had this whole build-up where they did the whole council of the three hammers thing and i i do appreciate that i, I like that we got a, a bit of troll lore or troll lore dwarf lore <sighs> i can't think today <laughs> i just i can't plan? i can't think today i i just want to download this thing <laughs> anyway we got dwarf lore in in um miss of pandaria yeah we got all that stuff that went on in miss of pandaria and i was really happy about that and we got the return of bronzebeard in this expansion where he comes back and he's like the diamond king and all this and he talks to azeroth and everything well that's great but what about the council of the three hammers surely there's more going down with that that we haven't heard about just yet so i'm really excited about the idea of the dark iron being added as an allied race and what i'm hoping here is that it isn't all just stuff that happens on colteris or whatever it's we actually get another look at dark iron politics and their society or and dwarf politics and their society and what's going on like the interplay that's going on over there in Ironforge because it was all kind of uncertain for a while there and it's stabilized but I still want to know more about what's going on. I like dwarf lore. I think it's actually pretty fascinating. <laughs> I think we could use more of it. See I'm, I'm interested Where in seeing exactly how they, how they do it. What they do, you know, in terms of are we going over there? Like, are there dark irons there? Are there dark irons coming with us? 
Do they work with us? How does it how does it work out? I know that one of the things that about Colteris was that it had rich mineral deposits. That's one of the reasons it got settled. Yeah. In the first place. And it was also right off the shore of like what is now Menethil in the wetlands. It isn't now, obviously. I have no idea where it actually is, but um it was there. It's when it floating got out there somewhere. We're it's gonna find like- it. I think it, uh, the map they showed was like a little bit south, southeast-ish of the Broken Isles. It should be over in the neighborhood of Tolbarad, in theory, but I don't it think it be. is. Yeah, it, it, what, it used to be in that area because Tolbarad was like a prison colony, essentially, and the Kirantor and Colteris ship people over there and dangerous things over there to be that was the whole thing i loved tolbarad i love the story behind tolbarad and i wish we'd gotten more of it but well i mean um, it's one of the interesting things about it too is that one of the things we know about Colteris is that they have their own completely different wizard tradition yeah and that when jaina was going to the kirin tour that was effectively an exchange like she was going to learn how they did magic and in return teach how the Colterans did magic as kind of an exchange so I'm hoping there's something about that with the Dark Irons. Like, the, what, are the Dark Irons involved in some kind of exchange? Are there native Dark Irons that Moira is reclaiming when, when you go over there? Like, what, what is the deal? Why do the Dark Irons, why do they work with us after this? Like, how does this win them over? I want to interject here for a second because Slowpoke just said something in the chat channel that I think bears questioning. Um, Slowpoke said, what I'm most excited for is seeing Anduin on the Eastern Kingdom's loading screen finally, since Varian's death is no longer a spoiler. And it just occurred to me while, while he was talking about that, that, um, yeah, this would be the expansion to make new loading screens, wouldn't it? I have been so sad that we haven't gotten new loading screens like each expansion, because I used to love those. It's a small thing, but, um... Also interjecting, though, I did the the trailer for Battle for Azeroth, the features one. It has Kul'Turris, uh, like, just to the northwest of Tolvarod. So it's kind of where you'd expect it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Gil- Gilneas is northwest of Tolvarod. It is. No, southwest? No, Gilneas is um, northeast. Well, oh, northwest of it is, is like, silver? Like, huh? Are you sure it's not south of it? Because the Broken Isles are south. of Tolvarod. I'm looking okay. at it right now. Tolvarod to the northeast of Tolbarad is Gilneas. North, like, basically go from Tolbarad, draw a straight line to the um, Broken Isles. That's kind of where it's in between those. Okay. Mm, okay. So yeah, loading screens. I want to see those. I would love that too. Especially since everything is being divvied up and they've mentioned before that the Eastern Kingdoms is going to be kind of pretty firmly in alliance control and Kalimdor is going to be pretty firmly in horde control. So maybe the loading screens could reflect that. I'm just saying, if they wanted to do new loading screens, this would be the time to do it. I mean, technically, they changed the color of Varian's sword, so we did get a new loading screen in Legion. <laughs> uh, one thing I would actually like to talk about is my idea. I have this idea that allied races are basically becoming the transmog of this expansion, mm-hmm. in that they're a feature that players would love to see used much, much more often, but Blizzard is probably going to be conservative with it. And, you know, control how they do it and not, not rush it out. Possibly because it's going to be a lot more work than Transmog. Transmog is, you know, once you get it basically down, it doesn't require, you know, coming up with an entirely new class, a new race and deciding what classes they have and so forth. But I, I definitely feel like Allied Races is the big deal of this expansion and people have taken to them. Even just just the uh, pre-order thing where people are like currently, I, I'll just say it. 
I've currently gone back and started grinding reputation on races I had no interest in just to make sure I get them. Yeah, you know? I, I'm uh, the one thing I'll say is I, I love the heritage armor, but I'm kind of hoping that there's different ways to get them besides just uh, leveling because leveling is one of those things I have to really be in the mood for. And if that's the only way to get it, I'm going to get burned out on leveling and either just not level and play an allied race or... Are you kidding me? Leveling is when I say, ooh, what's a new series on Netflix that I haven't checked out yet? I, I, that's, <laughs> that's that's fishing for me. I can't do it. Like, I just... the le- I don't know. It, it takes me a long time to uh, reset my leveling cooldown. Okay. I actually had um, a queue question for tomorrow's queue that was talking about the allied race thing. And since this podcast doesn't technically release until Friday. I think I can go ahead and talk about it here because why not? Um, Somebody asked if the allied race thing, was it just going to be a long lost tribe of existing races that were already in game? Or is it going to be, do I think it's going to be genuinely new races? Like, is that something that they're going to do? And I pointed out, well, first off, I said, absolutely. I think they're going to do that. And I also pointed out and it was kind of a lengthy answer that I think that this is a trial run for something bigger. I think what we're experiencing right now with allied races may be the new model for adding new races from now on. And stop for a second before you protest. <laughs> Let me explain myself here, okay? Right now, if you want to go create a new race, right? You just log into the character creation screen, you hit a few buttons, and then you're done. Okay, what allied races have done is they've taken the very act of character creation and turned it into game engagement instead of just pushing a few buttons, which is kind of cool in and of itself. But beyond that, allied races start at level 20 and they start with a mount and they start with riding skill. They start with all of these things right off the bat. What they don't start off with is a starting zone. They don't start from that 1 to 20 experience. That's actually not a bad thing because it means that the developers aren't spending all of this time developing a low-level experience that not everybody's going to see or even care about. What they can do instead is focus on endgame content. So where are they putting the unlocks for these allied races? They're making it additional endgame content. So they're kind of shifting how all of this happens. I I like that, but I also like... It definitely, you know, it saves development time um, in a way that doesn't really feel like it saves development time. But there's also something else on top of that. Not only does it save development time, but the fact that they don't have to develop a new zone for every new race that they add means that they can potentially add new races whenever or wherever they want. You don't have to wait for a new expansion rollout to get a new race. They could just throw it in there in a patch if they want to. And I, like I said, I'm torn though because the the Kazan Island, the the one that the goblins go to after theirs gets like blown up, the really pretty looking one, um, that has like some of my favorite looking like jungles and water, but like you can't actually go back there. Right. And it's I, I get why they you know wouldn't want to make that sort of thing that's very exclusive and limited, but at the same time it looks so cool. Like it I, really does look cool. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it doesn't, and I'm not saying that I don't enjoy those one to twenty zones. I that that initial experience getting out of Gilneas is still one of my favorites, as far as oh, like yeah. starting yeah, zone stuff. At the same time, I mean, the, the Gilneas stuff was really cool. I agree as well, but. I've been dissatisfied with it ever since I ran it because it stops 
it ends really abruptly. And, and it's the same thing with the goblin thing. It ends really abrupt. Like there's something that's going on. You get story, 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 and then poof. And I think that they improved upon that with the indu- in introduction of the pen. pen- I can't talk today. Pandaren. Pandaren. The Pandaren. Pandaren. They, they improved on that because the whole wandering aisle thing from beginning to end was like, a story with a beginning and a middle and an end and when you reach the end of the story then you went out into the real world and that felt very whole and complete whereas Gilneas it was like you got to the end of it and it was kind of a downer and then you got kicked to the eastern kingdoms without feeling like you had any kind of real resolution to what just happened yeah, and, but either way even if it's really well done as yeah. you pointed out before it's still stuff that you're only going to see if you roll a brand new character right and I don't know. And I, that I, uh... initial that initial twenty levels, you're doing it on foot. You don't have a mount. You're not. It it feels like the grind is a long grind because you're looking at right now. If you roll a character at level one, you have a hundred and ten levels to get through, and that's kind of a lot. If you start at level twenty, you've got ninety levels to get through, which is still sub- substantial. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't feel quite as bad because you aren't running around on foot for the first 20 levels or so, right? And the scaling world is also already waiting for you. It's like it it's, the scaling starts at level 10 right? for, for like the lowest level zones. You can, pick, you can, you yeah. can pretty much pick and choose wherever you want to go, and that's fine. The other cool thing about it, though, or the other thing to think of with this is that there are a limited number of new places that we haven't been to yet on Azeroth. There's like a, a, a finite limit of, of places that we haven't explored, and it's getting smaller every expansion. So when it gets to the point where it's difficult to figure out, okay, where do we shove this starting zone into where it won't like interfere with the game world as it is right now, but it's kind of like its own thing. Like That's just a problem. And it's not a problem that I think anybody initially thought about when this game first came out, because this game was gigantic. Like, the scope of it was huge. But with every expansion, it's been getting smaller and smaller and smaller in scope, just because we keep finding new places. So Yeah, if you were going to do, if you were going to do, like, a 1 to 20 for Nightborn, you basically have to make an instance version of Suramar yeah. for them to run around, at like, level 1 through 20. And so... Ultimately, it's just not really. It's okay. That just start them at level twenty, put them out in the real world, and let them level. I I like I, that. I like that model. I think it's kind of interesting, and I, like I said, for all of these reasons, that's why I feel like this is a test. It's a test to see how people react to it. It's a test to see how it works, like in game, if people are okay with this idea of having character creation and new races and things be something that you unlock over the course of natural gameplay rather than just something that you get at once at the beginning of the expansion and that's it. Um, I do like the starting zone experiences and I don't want allied races to be to the exclusion completely, yeah. but I'm, I'm totally okay if uh, new races are not as often introduced because before it was like every other expansion new race every other expansion it was either a new race or a new class yeah yeah so i'm okay if it you know if we're getting allied races along the way especially but i i do like the starting zones sometimes like i i still want i still like those i don't know the only thing that i have to add to that though is that if they are going to continue down this path that they have begun i feel like they need to bump up the 50 character per license limit 
Oh God, yes. Why they need to bump that up. They need to bump that up right now. There are a lot of people. Yeah, there are a lot of people that have hit that limit because they've been playing this game for a very, very long time, and. As it stands right now, those people have to buy a second copy of World of War. Like, they have to buy a second license if they want to make more characters. Well, you know, you think That's you think stupid. to yourself, oh my gosh, why would anybody have 50 characters? Well, look at how many servers there are out there, guys. And look at how many alts people have. And look at how many people do raiding and things like that. It's just, people have a lot of characters. This game has been out for a very, very long time. Um, and there are still people playing that have been playing since day one. Hi. So I don't really think it's unreasonable to say, you know, maybe you guys should bump it up to 60 or 75. Maybe See, you should I, just yeah. you know, bump it up a little more. You don't have to go overboard. Just a little bit more. Give people a little more wiggle room, you know? I've deleted characters that I can afford to delete. And at this point, the characters I have left, they're pretty much all characters I have sentimental attachment to for some reason or another. I played with some friends here. This is the first paladin I tried to level there. I don't want to delete them. Like, for one thing, my... My level 47 Paladin has stuff in her bags that doesn't exist anymore. You can't get yeah. it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So all these weird reagents for like, you know, casting blessings and stuff. I kept all that. I'm not deleting it. It's like, no, I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just the relic. I'm keeping that relic. <laughs> I don't care that it's a gray thing in my bags. I'm keeping it. Uh, I still have um, Hexar. Do you know the Hexar's head in my bag? Yeah. There's lots of, of stuff like that that you you know. There's characters you want to keep for various reasons. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, just keep, you know, keeping heads and banks. So. We went on for quite some time, as was to be expected. We uh, did. Be- before we end, I do want to. Um, we missed uh, Star Splat. Use Twitch Prime to subscribe. Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I know we were kind of talking about it in the show, but that is noticed and appreciated. And Laura for real gave us 200 bits, and one of them came with the note: "Mitch keeps dying." So thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Um, but yeah, we didn't really get to any emails this week. Um, sorry, guys. Alpha happened. We had to talk yeah. about it. Literally out of the blue. Because <laughs> we moved to Wednesdays because big news doesn't happen <laughs> on Wednesdays. I... I'm crying. They did it on purpose. <laughs> I just remember when you guys came to me words. with this. We were like, because we, we figure, you know, they keep dropping stuff on Tuesdays. So if we move it to Wednesday, I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. It's usually Thursdays if it's not Tuesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays usually pretty chill. Not today. Not today. No, right. not, no, no day is safe anymore. Anyway, uh, but, yeah. uh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answers on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And on top of that, I'm going to reiterate here, it's been three years, guys, and we really appreciate all of the support that we've gotten from you guys, whether you've been listening or reading since day one or whether you just started paying attention to the site. Last week, hey, hi, nice to meet you. Stick around. It's really cool. Um, If you'd like to support us further, you can go ahead and buy our third year anniversary t-shirt. That's over on Teespring, teespring.com slash bw-year-3, and that's the number three. T-shirts designed by Noxichu. Very, very pretty. All right, thank you very much, Ann. Um, If you, you know, we're going to do the emails that we had for this show next week. We're going to push them over, so... Uh, if you do have an email for the show, please send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast at blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show and not the other show. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.